All right, so today we're, we're going to finish up Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. And I titled it, Sharing All Things. How many of you like to share? All right. That's good. We're on a, we're on a good path. <laughs> Why don't we stand and let's read today Acts chapter 4. 32 through 37. It says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Hoseas, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought it, the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Dear Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, I pray that, Lord, our heart would be open wide to what you want to relay to each one of us today, God. That, Lord, that we'd be, have a giving heart, we'd be willing to share, be givers, Father God, not only to the house of the Lord, but to each other. That, Lord, that you give us all strength in this, and, Father, that we could continue to walk in unity as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I feel like every chapter in the book of Acts right now, up to chapter 4, talks about unity. That we need to be united in the church. Can I hear an Amen? As the body of Christ grew in numbers in the book of Acts, they walked in unity. They were united. One soul, one mind. They were... They took the apostles' teaching and they thrived on that. They lived on that. They shared that. From getting up in the morning to the going down at night, they shared the gospel message. Amen. And with that anointing that came from that unity, because we know that from Psalms 133, how good and pleasant it is when my brothers dwell together in unity. For there the anointing, amen, the anointing will flow. And so we know that when we're united in, in God, in Christ, his anointing, his power will flow, amen? And God will do the things that um, he has promised us. Now, I've been to like Benny Hinn meetings, and when I, when I went, I was, you know, the times I've been, it, it's just, it's not that he prays for people, it's just that in, his, in the Lord's presence, people get healed. People get healed. I remember watching, um, I watched this guy, A.A. A. Allen, he was in the 60s, 70s, you know, and he had a place in Arizona called Miracle Valley and just saw incredible miracles happen. That when people would just get healed from being there and he, they'd come up and he'd seal the deal, you know, and God would move in a powerful way. But with the anointing, it brings a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. So unity is a, is a key to the move of God. And that's why he keeps mentioning it here. We have to be united in our faith and in what we believe, amen? So it's when we create divisions, it's when it gets hard. When we have divisions, when, when you're mad at them and you're mad at them and you're mad at them and, and you're just, you're always mad. I know there's nobody here always mad, right? Nobody said an amen. <laughs> Okay, we'll work, we'll work on that, that always mad thing, you know. But unity is vital for the move of the Holy Spirit. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with, all with one accord in one place. And that's what God is calling us to, to be in one accord in one place. Amen? When we're here, we're to be in unity. We're to be in unity as a body of Christ. We're to get to know each other and walk in unity together. Amen? We have the same spirit. Therefore, we have the same power that those apostles had. Amen? We have the same, I have the power. That's good, Tim. <laughs> I'm a little wondering about this side over here, though. I didn't hear her. <laughs> this side, I have the power. Some of you moved your lips and nothing came out. <laughs> you guys are funny today. But we have the same spirit, amen? We have that power of God. They were witnesses with great power. And that's what God is calling us to be. He said in Acts 1, 1 and you shall be filled with power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. So with that power that you get from the Holy Spirit, you go out and you witness to people. You go out and you witness to people. You guys need to wake up. It's... It's 11.09, come on. But they, they had, you know, the word says in, in Act, Acts 4.33 that they had great power. Great power. Great power. Everybody say great power. Great power. Ooh, you get waking up. I like that. The, the more you talk to me, the faster I'll go. <laughs> Amen. And then Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, it says they have mighty power. It says it like this. It says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. In this, in this section, it was a prayer for understanding what we have and who we are in Jesus Christ. We have mighty power. And it also says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power? We have exceedingly great power. Exceedingly great power. It ain't no joke, the power you have when you're in Christ Jesus. Amen? You have power in you. The power to heal the sick, amen? The power to cast out demons, amen? You have power inside of you because you're a child of God, because you're filled with the Spirit. It's no joke. You have this ex exceedingly great power. And then number four, you have an excellent power. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. You know, there's a lot of things you can do on your own. You can help people. You know, you could just do things on your own. But when you do it with God, see, there's good things and there's God things. When you move from the good to God, it's incredible what God does. You know, when we're singing about a million little miracles, I, I just, my mind just starts racing with all the miracles that Delanda and I have seen around the world. I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle. It's just amazing, you know, from deaf ears opening, emphysema leaving people, dead limbs coming back to life. Uh, we prayed for this one lady. Um, she was paralyzed on her right side, right? Just her right arm, right leg, you know? And, and they asked me to pray for her because she had to leave. And, 
And so I just grabbed her right arm and I started pumping it up and down. Her right arm. I just started praying that God would bring her dead limbs back to life. And I'm going like this and pretty soon her legs start stomping. You know, and pretty soon she's jumping up and down. Pretty soon I let go and she's waving her hands all over the place. And that was, remember that lady? That was a powerful time, man. It was, uh, you know, it was, we were in hiding in a country. We were hiding out and ministering to people. And as we, because, you know, in some countries what we do here is not, not legal. So we were in hiding that day, and as we prayed for that lady, she began to jump and shout, and her dead limbs, she walked out of that place filled with God, and it was powerful. So you have this excellent power in you, amen? And then you have this eternal power. Romans 1.20, it says, For since the creation of the world is in his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And what he's talking about here is he's talking about people that have rejected God. And he says, how can you reject God when he's so evident? You know, not only evident in you and in you and in you and in you, but he's evident in his creation, amen? When you look at the Grand Canyon, when you look at the Grand Tetons, when you look at the Rocky Mountain, you just see God. You know, when you go and, you, you know, when Delon and I were on the Colorado River a few weeks ago, and, and man, it was so beautiful. And you could just, you could see God. And we had some ducks that just followed us all around. They came to our camp every day for food. And, and just a pair of male and female ducks, they just followed around. It's just so, God. And the beauty is the moon came up and we loved it. And it, it just, creation reveals God. And so he's talking about, you know, his eternal power and the Godhead. He says, you do not have an excuse to not know it because he's God. Amen. There's no excuse to not know it. He's revealed himself. They say, what about the people in the jungle? He's revealed himself into them, into the jungle. Amen. You know, they don't have to have the Bible. They, they can see it in creation and begin to worship the God. Amen. That's how it happens. So can't reject the power, the presence, the revelation of God. Then he talks about his glorious power. Strengthen, first Colossians 1.11. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering and joy. This is for the believer to walk in, his glorious power. It fills you, amen, his glorious power. And it keeps you, and it gives you patience, long-suffering, and joy. Everybody say joy. joy. We sang a lot about joy today. And that comes from his glorious power, amen, filling you, overflowing, that you can actually walk out in that joy, that his joy will strengthen you, amen. His joy will keep you. His joy will bless you. And patience, with all patience, it says, with all patience, how many of you need patience? Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne, you're funny. <laughs> patience. He'll give you patience. Amen. This is for us to walk in. And then last one, number seven, divine power. First Peter 1.3 says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. His divine power. Amen. He desires to give us this. 
that we walk in. All these scriptures that have this power word in it stress what we have available. It's what's there. It's what's at the table when we come to the Lord. It's what's available to each one of us. You don't need to call me and say, hey, pray for, pray for me, I'm sick. You need to look in the mirror and declare it. Not that I don't, I don't mind you calling me, but I'm just telling you because the agreement power is good. But uh, when you're feeling it, you just go and you look in the mirror and you start declaring. Because Acts 1.8, it says you shall have power, and that power is dunamis. And half of these words, I just, more than half of these power words I just gave you is dunamis power. And dunamis power means this, the power to do miracles. So when you have the Holy Spirit, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God instills in you the power to do miracles. God instills in you the power to do miracles. I'll move on to the next one. But the, next, the other power word is kratos in the Greek. And it means to have vigor, dominion, might, power, strength. See, God wants us to walk in dominion in this world. Amen? When he created Adam and Eve, he gave them dominion over the world. Amen. He gave them dominion over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. He gave them dominion. And I know that when Adam and Eve sinned, they gave up that dominion. But when Jesus Christ came back and he died on that cross and he took back the dominion for us and he restored that dominion to us. You know how he restored that? When, when they were at the sea, you go to the end of John, you're reading where, where he's going to restore Peter. But when you read that passage... Jesus walks on the beach and he says, hey, you caught any fish yet? And they're like, no. He goes, cast your net on the other side. And when he cast their net on the other side, they caught so much fish that they could barely bring it all in. It was too much. And I believe that it was at that point that God restored dominion to mankind over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. So when I go fishing, I just tell the fish get on my hook it works most of the time but that's where he's given you dominion and you have to realize you don't have to take what the enemy's throwing at you you don't have to take what the enemy's throwing at you physically or spiritually or you know um, in your relationships you don't have to take it you have authority, you have dominion over the enemy, right? He does not, the devil does not have power over you unless you give it to him. The devil can't make you do anything. I remember old Red Fox show, the devil made me do it. No! He can't make you do anything. It is your desires that cause you to do it. You have power, you have strength, you have might, you have dominion, vigor, you're strong, amen? You are strong, amen? The Holy Spirit empowers us to do the things that Jesus did and even greater things. John chapter 14, verse 12. It says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, how many of you believe in Jesus? He who believes in me, Jesus, the works that, he did, you will do also. And greater works than these, you will do because I go to my Father. So because Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, 
went to heaven, sent the Holy Spirit back. The Holy Spirit empowers us. Now, that gives us the ability to do the things that Jesus did. How many of you are doing the things that Jesus did? Not as many hands went up that time. God wants to challenge you to step into that. You begin to step into the things Jesus did. Heal the sick, cast the demons, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share the love of God with people. Amen? He's calling us to it. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're made to do. Is to just let it flow out of us. Amen? You know, because Jesus was going to the Father, the promise is to us, in that he would send the Holy Spirit. So someone just like him who was with us in the form of Jesus would now be in us. That's the promise. So the Holy Spirit was sent to be in us, not just around in the air, but in us. We are the vessels that the Holy Spirit dwells in. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Now, because he's in us, he empowers us to overcome the world and walk in the power that he's given us. Amen? Because of the power in us, we can now do the things that Jesus did. I got one yes. Amen. One. I'll preach to you, Elena. Maybe I need to slow down. (laughs) So, you know, as as the apostles, they walked in great power. They shared with each other. They shared things. They sold properties, gave the money to the apostles. They worked at helping each other. How many of you know unity and walking together takes work? Because people will offend you. I'll offend you. But will you come back next week? Because that's the thing. They just did everything together. You know, last year, year, Last year here at New Hope, we gave food to over 18,000 people. Yeah. Esperanza in the back is the leader of that team, and they're doing a great job. But people in our area, there's a need. You know, we used to feed maybe 50, 45, 50 families, but once COVID hit, it went up above 100, you know, every week, families that we were feeding. And, um, but everybody, you know, they, they pull in the parking lot and they create a big circle in the parking lot and they drive through and there's a gentleman that doesn't come to our church, his name's Ronnie. Um, he opens up the trunk and he puts their food in there. They don't get out of the car and then he gives them a gallon of milk or whatever and shuts the door gate and he says, okay, and then they pull off. But most of the people are not believers. They don't believe in Jesus. You know, they'll come and get the food and then they'll go, you know. Um, The people that we are to help are believers. But yet we give to the poor, we give to the needy, amen. And, but I believe our priority for help is new hope. Amen. Our priority to help is the people that attend new hope. And people that have trusted in Jesus and some that need help. Because how many of you have ever gone through a hard time? Yeah, I mean, I go out there and grab a, a loaf of bread once in a while. You know, but they trust, 
Those guys, the apostles, they trusted in Jesus. But not everybody does, and I get that. I've been around for a long time here at New Hope. People will come and people will go. They'll come in, get what they need, and then they'll stop coming. Then when they need it again, they'll come again. That's what they do. You know, they'll come even, you know, for prayer. I, I was talking to a couple the other day. They said, yeah, we used to come when we needed financial help. So they wouldn't ask for money, but they would come in and they'd get prayer. And then when God would bless them, then they wouldn't come. Until a couple of months later when they needed help again. Now there's hope because she's our children's pastor now. Right, Ed? <laughs> so I know, you know, Ed and Andy had a breakthrough one day. And when they broke through, it was no longer about just popping in when they needed help. It was about being here, amen? It was about coming a part of the body of Christ, about going, growing in Christ. And, and he, he led the, amen. They led a prayer meeting on Friday night and they washed people's feet and it went on for a couple of hours. I'm like, praise God. You know, but when, you, when we have that breakthrough and we connect with the body of Christ, it doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. It just means that now you have the backing of God. You know, because when I was younger and, and um, tithing was, was hard and, I, and I'd go to tithe and it seems like every time I tithe, you know, get going and tithing, and then something bad would happen. Car motor would blow up, you know, the, the um, washing machine would go out, the plumbing in the house, whatever. But I'm not kidding. Every time I tried to get consistent, something happened. So Pastor Dave, he came and he talked to me, and he said, you know, Ron, how can we help you? I said, I, I just need, to, I need the breakthrough. And so I had the deacons get around me and pray for me, and I broke out, and I determined in my heart, I, I will never not tithe again. Now, when I made that commitment to God, things picked up rapidly against me. Because <laughs> I made a commitment. The car motor still blew up, but I made a commitment to tithe. But here was the difference before and after. Before, I wouldn't tithe so I could pay for the car motor. After... I tithed so I could pay for the car motor. And every time, the money was there. Every time, God brought us through. When we were consistent. Now, I know people come into church, you, you make that commitment to Jesus, and you say, I'm going to grow in God, but yet things start happening, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you, you just back off. It's like, you know, there's a wall of fire and, and you come up against that wall of fire, you know, you're going to press into Jesus and the devil says, well, I'm going to put a fire in front of you. And things start happening. And then you're like, I told him I'd be there. I told him I'd be there. I can't go. Because it, it, there's that fire there. It's hard. You got to press through. You got to step through the fire. I remember three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stepped into the fire and they were not burned. They did not smell like smoke. Jesus joined them in the fire. Amen. Jesus will join you in the fire. He will pull you through. Amen. You won't be lost and left alone in that fire, but he'll come and he'll meet you right there in the fire and take you through to the other side. It's just your willingness to go forward. 
to not give up, to not quit, to stay with what God has planned for you. You see, but the enemy comes to, to take from you, whether it be your health. I pray for your voice today, if you were wondering. I, I, I know God wants to bring something back to you. you. Maybe you don't want to be on the praise team, but God wants to do something in your voice. Amen. Amen. I'm believing that. I know God wants to do it. Amen. Amen. You just let us know when. Just sing out in the spirit or something, you know. What was that? You got to go through the fire. And then it'll go. I mean, did I have hard times when I made a commitment to the Lord to tithe? Yeah, I did. He provided. And you know what stopped happening? Because it says, when you submit to God, you resist the devil, the devil will flee. So, I submitted to God with my finances and I gave. But I didn't, even, I didn't try and fight the devil. I just stay submitted to God. I just focus on Jesus. I'm going to give. I'm going to praise. I'm going to worship. I'm going to learn about God. I'm just going to focus. I didn't think about what the devil, the car broke down, take the mechanic. You know, didn't bother me. Get a tow truck, whatever you got to do. I didn't focus on that. See, because that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to fo- turn your focus away. Oh, man, the car again. Oh. I mean, we had a Pontiac Grand Canaan, Greg, five years in a row, the motor blew. That was tough. Thank God Delonda totaled it. I'm sorry, honey. (laughs) The enemy totaled it, tried to take her out. But you see, in church life, we, we prayed for you guys. You gave us permission today to check up on you. I don't know if you caught that, but I'll give you the notes. <laughs> but that's what, when you join the, in, into the body of Christ, you've got people that'll come alongside of you and say, hey man, how you doing? I feel bad sometimes when I call people because I haven't seen them for a couple weeks. I say, hey, how you doing? You know, and they're like, I shoot them a text and they're like, I'm not answering him. Why? I'm not a scary guy. (laughs) But that's what part of being the body. We have all things in common, amen? We share with each other. We love one another. We encourage one another. We build each other up. We're not afraid to make a phone call. We reach out to touch somebody for Jesus, amen? That's what it's all about. Because how many of you ever gotten stuck before? You feel like you're in a trap and you're like, I don't know how to get out of this thing. I don't know how to overcome this thing. I, I need help. And then Mark calls you and you say, oh man, I'm so glad you called me today. We need each other. The early church needed each other. They sold properties and they brought the money and they put it in the offering basket to help. That's what they did. Listen, you can't take it all with you. Amen? You might as well give it to God. Plan out your 90 years and then give the rest to the Lord. Plan out your retirement for your, your, I mean, your inheritance for your kids and give the rest to the Lord. Amen? I'm not saying give the money to me. Give the money to the Lord. Make that plan so that we can do more to help people. You know, we have, a, we have an orphanage in Uganda. 
I love these kids. They're beautiful kids. But man, you know, it's expensive to take care of kids <laughs> that don't have parents. All their parents died of AIDS. Every one of them. But if you ever went and met them, you'd like, I'm taking them home. First time I went there and I, I met the, one of the kids in our orphanage, they go, hey, he, this is Timmy. I said, hi, Timmy. They go, he's in your orphanage. I'm like, you are, Timmy. And he goes, yeah. I said, get in here with me. I was in a van. I said, get in here with me. So I'm going to take you to lunch, Timmy. And he's like, and I mean, we were going to the most exclusive restaurant in that city. And he gets in, remember? And he's sitting there. and They call me Bishop there in Africa. And he's just sitting there right in front of me, looking. Kind of got his head down. He goes, Bishop? I said, yeah, son. He goes, are you going to buy me a bicycle? I really want to buy him that bike still, but I haven't been able to because I've had to do, we've done so many other things for that orphanage. But we need each other. We need to encourage one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to build each other up. We need to get back to more how the early church was and not walking in our own feelings and emotions, but walking with God. Here you go. There you go. It's all right. That's what it's about. That's how the early church survived. They needed each other. They shared. And you could come and you can get food any Saturday. And if you don't want to wait in line, you just tell Esperanza, I'm a member at New Hope and I'm going to get some food today, please. And she'll help you out. Because you have priorities. Amen? And you're a priority to God. He loves you. He loves you so much. We're going to do a little something here in a minute. Sandy, I want you to get a mic and come. But before we do that, why don't you bow your heads in prayer with me today? Dear Heavenly Father, we, we've heard today about your impartation of power to the believer. We've heard about sharing and giving to one another, Lord, and just really caring for the, the body of Christ. Maybe you're here today and you say, I, I haven't made that commitment to the Lord yet. And I want to today. I want to become a part of the body of Christ. I want to go all in with Jesus. I want to surrender to Jesus. If that's you today, just raise your hand and wave at me. You want to go in with Jesus. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Come on. You want to surrender to Jesus. Just raise your hand and wave at me. Father, you've seen the hands that went up today. I pray that, Lord, as they surrender to you, that you cover, keep, and protect them. Father, that the mighty hand of God would give them strength, that the Holy Spirit would fill them today, God. We thank you, Father God. 
for their lives, for the journey that they're now beginning, God. 